we want to we want to make sure that the middle section we get in one take, don't we? Yeah. Okay, so who's going to do the intro? Well, welcome to the Adamus Corporate Daily. And, Hi, um, Adam. <laughs> my name's Adam. <laughs> I'm based in London with the Adamus principal, and uh, Ian is in... Queensland, Australia. How are you, Ian? I'm very good, thanks, Adam. Looking forward to our first show here, and I think we've got a lot of relevant content to present, so I hope everyone enjoys this. Yeah. All right. Well, fire away with the first topic. Okay, so first thing I thought we'd do is take a look at what's coming today, because there's a number of interesting things today, and a recap of... uh, the overall economic situation globally uh, and how that was updated last week, along with uh, uh, some issues around uh, bank results and the cost of insuring the United States government against default with the current um, debt ceiling conversation and a bit specifically about Australia, uh, particularly around the RBA minutes with result that were released uh, about two hours ago. It's going to be short, sharp, and to the point, and sorry to interrupt, Adam. With that um, said, I'll get on with it. Yeah, so, I was just going to add, actually, before you get on with it, I, I saw a story um, last night on um, on on China and um, starting some restrictions on U.S. companies and Japanese companies targeting these companies in China um, and just putting the heat up a little bit as a bit of a payback to the Trump-Biden sanctions. Was that specific to any industry like uh, semiconductors or technology? Or It was uh, specific, and that's the thing. It's, it's specific and um, not targeting industries that will affect China. Um, so I'll come back to you on that a little bit later on, but I was just also thinking of Australia as well. I mean, whether they're in the firing line. I think we're always in the firing line down here with how much our economy depends on China. Yeah, exactly. So also overnight, there are four four things that were of interest. Um, Apple and Goldman Sachs to offer 4.1% interest on US deposits. So that's really ramping up the banking battle for deposits. That's been going on over the last few weeks and has seen three banks go to the wall as part of that, not necessarily caused by that. The BIS head, that's Augustus Carstens, warns of threats to financial stability, but rates need to stay higher. So here's a gentleman that is an expert on financial stability because he used to be head of the Central Bank of Mexico. Um, But that's him giving a warning to the other central banks as the Central Bank of Central Banks. Uh, Bank of England mulls urgent reevaluation of deposit insurance. So I've only seen a tweet on that. I haven't seen where that comes from. Um, and the only other point is the, I believe, rather hawkish RBA minutes, which I'll go into in greater detail in the in the final segment. Okay. So just starting our first point, which is. Um, from last week, US CPI and PPI lower, but rates still higher for longer. 
So we have rather a stagflationary economic picture in the United States and globally in that it seems that prices paid numbers seem to be improving all the time, but always there's some worrying concern. So, for example, the CPI ex excluding food and energy, excluding gasoline prices, excluding um, housing is in con continual state of either being good or bad, but none of them add up to the same thing at the same time. So, so with our CPI last week, we had uh, gasoline prices for that year-on-year year year number down 37%. But since then, OPEC has reduced supply, pushing the price of oil up a lot. So that's rather nullified that number. Um, also... Um, we've had all the Fed governors barking daily, etc., still waiting for inflation to fall. We have a stubbornly full inflation rate. We have a banking crisis that seems to have abated for the moment. And now, as we just noticed, um, Apple and Goldman Sachs are upping the ante. Um, it seems that with modern technology, deposits can flow to and from banking institutions incredibly quickly and before those institutions are able to hedge their risk. Um, and we've seen with the uh, reports from the end of the last week that US households raised inflation expectations for the year ahead. So that's the uni uni University of Michigan report, which came out on Friday. So yeah. the context of that is really that the more consumers expect prices to go up, the, the more they actually go up. Um, yeah. And that's noted across central bank reports um, across the globe. So it's been very important for them to try and jawbone their own ex expectations, i.e. the central bank's in expectations of inflation lower so that the consumer follows that in mind and conserves his cash appropriately, I would have said. Think, um, um, just to add on that, we also had the Federal Reserve, Christopher Waller, he was speaking on Friday. He, now, he's a very influential Fed rate setter um, member. And, um, you know, he singled his support for another rise in borrowing costs late on Friday um, at the next policy meeting in May. And, look, the markets reacted to that. The dollar rallied. Um, and, um, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, rates to remain high and um, who are still going up, remain high, and for longer. That's right. That's right. And even the Reserve Bank, as I'll go into more detail later, Reserve Bank of Australia doesn't see inflation coming down, prices paid inflation coming down yeah. to its preferred level of 2% or 2 to 3%, I'm guessing, before 2025, which is a long time. Yeah, and just on that quickly, while we're talking about central banks, um, you know, the markets in the in, in the UK here, the market's currently pricing in a 19 basis point hike. But I'm just thinking that on the other side, the chance of a pause are underappreciated. Um, so we've got some big data releases in the UK today and tomorrow um, around jobs and CPI. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, and then, of course, with the EU, um, you've got the hawks and the doves battling it out. Um, and we had Lagarde speaking yesterday. And uh, tomorrow we've got Schnabel, the German economist. So just a couple of key events to 
keep an eye on. So, so do you think we, in that regard, the EU conversation has become more dovish overall in the last few months? Um, well, the Hawks argue that a 50 basis point hike should still be on the table. And the Doves, most recently Mario Centennio, argue that a slowdown in headline inflation could even make the case for a pause. Um, the market's currently pricing in 32 basis points of tightening on May the 4th is when they next meet. Um, so um, I'm still looking for a hike, probably 25 basis points. Um, you know, um, but yeah, that's why I'm just watching, you know, Schnabel tomorrow um, because any sort of hawkish comments, the euro could get a lift. Um, and um, yeah, um, and we've got some business confidence figures on Friday. Um, you know, some flash April PMIs as well. Um, so, uh, but the data continues to look a bit mixed in the EU. Yeah, and, and the leader of um, prices paid has been Spain, I think. Okay. Um, and, and that's just dropped down in the latest prints won 3%. So a really, right. really big drop. So I'm thinking that maybe we might have at least a perception that the rest of the countries are going to follow on the back of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thanks for that. Do you so, want to talk about US Bank's profits, Adam? Um. I was going to talk about actually um, these depositors who nearly pulled. Uh, um, well, US bank profits have been quite good actually over the last couple of days. Um, I think JP Morgan had very good results. Um, and um, on the, um, uh, obviously, because interest rates are higher, um, the, uh, you know, and they're accepting more deposits as a result of the um, fallout from SVB. Um, and, um, but there have been some losers on that side, big US financial groups such as Charles Schwab, State Street, and M&T suffered almost 60 billion in combined bank deposit outflows in the first quarter. Um, so customers in the US are searching for higher returns. Um, but it was all sort of triggered by the, the collapse of SVB and two other US lenders. Um, and the pace of that moving out has been pretty quick. Um, it's the quickest since the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, US banks' profits look pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some of the backdrop of that is um, what the Fed's doing with the excess liquidity via reverse repos. It's taking out two and a half trillion US dollars every day from the banking system. Now, the counterparties in reverse repos have to be part of that particular group of important, structurally important banks. So the regional banks can't participate in that. It's only certain banks at the core of the banking system that can do that. So if you're JP Morgan and you're paying 0.1% on your deposit and the Fed's paying you, your own central bank's paying you four and three quarters percent, then that's powering a lot of your profitability. So, yeah. and all, all the banking crisis has given them more money to lend to the Fed to give them more profit. That's right. Um, again, you know, um, these banks like JP, 
City, they're all benefiting from the SVB collapse. So typical market style. There are winners and losers. Um, big winners J- and big losers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> JP profits, first quarter profits rose 52%, beat estimates, um, um, and they added $37 billion in deposits. So that seems to be the... That seems to be the trend at the moment. So, but we've got some more results today and tomorrow. Um, I think Bank of America is coming out today. Okay. Yeah. My old bank. Excellent. Yep. All right. Um, did you want to carry on around the US debt ceiling? Um, not really, if you can do that. Okay. Yeah. It's coming up yet again. We have this every year. Every yeah. year it gets passed. Seems to be a bit more impasse this year. Um, as the Republicans are demanding um, big concessions of the Democrats, which the Democrats don't want to give them. We're also at a point where we've just had a minor banking crisis and we have a lot of talk about global debt after a a pandemic-driven currency debasement. So... It's going to be a much more interesting conversation. No one can possibly think that it won't get passed eventually. But we know from Trump that, you know, if you are a certain leader, you will shut down the American government if you think that's the right thing to do. Um, And the last time that the debt ceiling wasn't passed immediately was 2011, and there was a credit downgrade for U.S. debt, which had big impact on the market. So... The price of that five-year credit default swaps, um, that's the most widely traded form of debt insurance. That's that's reached its highest level since that period you just mentioned, 2012. Yeah. But it's still well below the levels during the financial crisis, 2008-9. Yeah. So, I mean, that's telling us that we might have a financial crisis ahead of us, but we're not in it yet. Yeah. And the default, if it does come, would be in early June. Yeah. And the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yelling, will be on the wires every day telling us how near we are. And it's going to be a catastrophe until she gets her way and it gets signed. Yeah, exactly. And she's speaking at the World Bank and the IMF. Um, actually, that was last week. Yeah, she was speaking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I thought now... If you don't mind, Adam, I just have to do a quick update on Australia and what's happening here because quite a few things happening here. Yeah, go for uh, it, Ian. Yeah. We just had the RBA uh, minutes released two hours ago uh, from the meeting in early April. And the takeaway is they discuss raising rates or keeping rates stable, i.e., pausing. And they discussed. Uh, Inflation isn't going around, isn't going away as quickly as expected globally. Um, they discussed the state of the employment in Australia, which is super strong, full employment. Put, still put on 60,000 jobs last month, which is a big number for Australia. I know it doesn't sound big by other countries, but we've only got 25 million people living here. Um, it discussed that policy has been changed continuously now for nine months and we need to wait till we see the effects of that going through the system typically takes half a year nine months something like that for the full effect of monetary policy to wash through the system particularly around how it filters down to mortgages and stuff like that 
Um, it discussed uh, the state of the banking system in Australia, which is super, super good because banks don't lend to anyone over here. It's my take on that. Yeah. Um, so it was really a hawkish minutes when people were, weren't expecting that, especially on a day where we've had Deloitte reporting 300,000 consumers, that is, facing negative cash flows every month. Um, we've got a change to the RBA and how it works any second now. The Chancellor's going to hand that down, hopefully with bipartisan support from the opposition. Before the budget, which is due on the second Tuesday of May, so that's the 9th of May, uh, but he's also been warning us um, via his statement from that World Bank meeting you were discussing about sharply lower growth coming for Australia. In fact, all, all of the finance leaders talked about sharply lower growth around the world at that meeting in Washington, D.C. We've also got a backdrop of debt issues at federal and state level. So the country owes $911 billion, uh, which is... Amazing, considering when I came here 20 years ago, there was actually a surplus. And you probably remember a surplus when you lived in Australia, Adam, as well, <laughs> uh, back in the day. Um, since then, that's all gone. And quite a few Labour governments haven't helped that. But also we've had coalition governments that really haven't been as good as the Howard Costello Comedy Act back in 2000s, I'm guessing it was, or whenever they started their aim. Was that nine, late 90s, Adam? Yeah, late 90s, yeah. Yeah. And now we've got a backdrop of, is are, are the federal government, is it going to bail out Victoria? Because they had a really disastrous pandemic and all the costs associated with that and some mismanagement of debt. And now there's a big hole in the finances uh, reported by the new New South Wales Labour Treasurer. So we've got a, back, a backdrop of, we haven't thought about this for ages and ages, and now it's all coming up at once. So it's rather a negative backdrop, um, and I think that's really affecting the Australian dollar, which should be higher possibly with um, the reopening in China and the fact that China is being rather positive towards Australia uh, for a change in terms of what we export to them and the tariffs on that. And the currency hasn't really appreciated and recently gone down from 71 cents down to 67 cents where it is today um and that's pretty much it for australia what do you think adam yeah that was that was good and i think um just on that debt i remember when i worked in tokyo in the in the i think it was the 90s yeah um and um the australian government sold off a lot of the land they owned in tokyo um, and right. they actually paid off the national debt on that deal. Um, nice trading. Nice trading. Yeah, they they made two hundred thousand percent or something. Wow, <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was a good deal. But um, just going back to that um, interesting story I was reading yesterday, um, it was actually in the FT. I can send it out to anyone if uh, if you'd like. But it's all around China starting retaliation against foreign company companies. Um, and the ones you asked me earlier, the ones they targeted in, there were some um, um, US military companies, arms. Um, they've been targeted, but not, you know, also offices have been raided, staff have been detained, usual Chinese style. People have gone missing. 
So um, it's just something to watch out, I think, um, especially with Taiwan potting up. And um, I was just curious to know whether, you know, any Australian companies are being targeted, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I haven't heard about that, but I did read this morning that Taiwan has just bought 400 rocket launchers or whatever they are, state-of-the-art rocket launchers from the US. They denounced that overnight. So maybe that's a retaliation for that or something. Yeah, yeah. it's obviously got to do with Taiwan as well. The president of Taiwan visited the US lately uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, So, yeah. Just a story I saw, and I'm um, happy to send it out if anyone would um, would like that. And also, uh, China issued a statement saying it was uh, doing some more war practices in the South China Sea. Okay. So I guess everyone's looking at a map trying to find that if that's near Taiwan. Um, but they're conti- they're con- it's a continual saber rattling um, that is now becoming economic. Yeah, well, it all weighs on sentiment, doesn't it? And also, look at Ukraine, Russia. Um, I guess, you know, if you're doing business in China, you've got to be concerned if um, something does happen over Taiwan, um, sanctions, all this sort of stuff. Um, and also, I think, not that it may be, it may be starting to happen now, or it could, it could all already be happening, you know, some of these sort of, sovereign wealth funds like in the Middle East and, and the Chinese as well, they must be diversifying a little away from the dollar, um, you know, and that could be weighing on the dollar a little bit as well. Um, just cautious over any sanctions, anything like that, uh, that could come into play in the future. Yeah, interesting. And I, I've been reading, there's a growing backdrop of concern about the global Pristine collateral, which is U.S. Treasuries, yeah, at a time where we've got a debt ceiling issue, yep, um, and we've got credit and debt issues everywhere. So it's all building into a, a, a bigger picture, I think, without wanting to go on the doomsday trail. But it's all coming up for a reason, obviously. Exactly. I think we're up to our twenty minutes in. I think we are, mate. I think we are. I think we've done well, yeah. That's the whole idea of this. We just want to keep it punchy. Yeah. Stop the recording so I don't have to edit it. Yeah. We'll do.